You know it as an all-time holiday classic, but that's only because it was such a dismal failure. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the Burt, this is the Ernie. The essential stuff in between. The personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. It's hard to imagine a holiday season without at least some reference to what we now understand to be a perennial classic. Walter Jimmy Stewart is most Jimmy Stewart-ish. Oh, Zuzu's Petals, Clarence! It's a Wonderful Life. Frank Capra's enduring vision of a Christmas miracle in a small town may be the all-time classic Christmas movie, enjoyed by generations with yearly viewings. But that almost didn't come to pass, and the story of its success is rooted directly in the story of its failure. In 1945, an author by the name of Philip Van Doren Stern had such little luck publishing his short story, The Greatest Gift, that he just printed it up as booklets to send to 200 friends as a Christmas card. It then came to the attention of a producer at RKO, which purchased the rights. It would actually be the first release of a new independent production company, Frank Capra's Liberty Films. When the film adaptation, It's a Wonderful Life, was released in 1946, it didn't exactly burn up the box office. It had cost $2.3 million to make, and the movie didn't earn the budget back, forcing the sale of Liberty Films and tarnishing Frank Capra's reputation. The rights to It's a Wonderful Life changed hands a few times, ultimately landing at Republic Pictures. It was there that someone made a mistake in 1974. See, under the Copyright Act of 1909, copyright protection lasted 28 years from the date of publication, but it could be renewed for a second 28-year term through registration. Republic Pictures failed to renew the expiring copyright to the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Whether it was a clerical oversight or they just plain didn't think it was worth doing, we don't know. But what happened next may be the reason why we cherish it today. It's a Wonderful Life fell into the public domain. In practical terms, that meant that anybody could show or distribute the film without having to pay a dime of royalties. Since TV watching tended to dip during the holidays, TV studios were eager to find inexpensive content as filler during those broadcasting hours, and It's a Wonderful Life fit the bill for the next 20 years, as it was shown repeatedly throughout the holidays, where it took a curious journey from forgotten flop to beloved classic. Of course, Republic Pictures, owned by Paramount, watched on in agony as a film it used to own became a cash cow. Then, in 1990, the United States Supreme Court held, in the case of Stewart v. Abend, that the rights holder of a short story upon which another movie was based was entitled to copyright protection. Coincidentally, the Stewart in that case was none other than Jimmy Stewart, and the movie was Rear Window. Republic Pictures realized that it still owned the rights to The Greatest Gift, and thus the movie, since it was a derivative work of the short story. In 1993, Republic Pictures asserted its right to the copyright, and It's a Wonderful Life was no longer in the public domain. It entered an exclusive licensing arrangement with NBC to play the movie twice a year. 
It's a lucrative arrangement for what is now Paramount, ironically only because it failed to assert its rights in the first place. It's a Wonderful Life is a true holiday classic through its generation of viewers, which proves the adage that no movie is a failure that has friends. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want to talk about how the best Jimmy Stewart movie is Harvey? Drop me a note. The address is yell at AmericanEsoterica.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless America. <laughs>